Welcome to What the Fuck Do You Do, a show where we learn about various professions and what people actually do in their jobs. I'm your co-host, Trey Panda. And I'm your co-host, Travis Fox. And today, the job we'll be talking about is a teacher. Our guest today is Evan, who is currently a teacher at a private school in Virginia. He brings six total years of experience working in schools, and we're excited to have him on the podcast. Evan, thanks for joining us. No problem. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. So to start, how would you explain what a teacher does? I don't want to give you that generic answer that everyone says, like, we change lives. Like, I do think that, like, good teachers do change lives. But I hate when that, like, it's like a generic blanket statement. Um, I think teachers try their best to make their kids create a connection with learning. Like, you want, you want your kids to like what they're learning. Um, even though you know they're not going to like all of it. You want them to find parts that they do that inspire them to push themselves in parts that they don't. Do you change lives, Evan? I think I changed. I, I think I changed some of my kids' lives. I don't think like I think it's pretty arrogant to be like I change every kid's life. I talk like I think that's arrogant. Like no, I don't think. I think there's some kids that they come to my class and they go home and they don't even remember what we did. But I think that there's other kids who like definitely grow from my class. Um, I think it depends. I don't think any teacher you have to be, you have to be like a perfect teacher to eat every single student. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try. It doesn't mean it's really hard to get every single student. And so, what what class do you teach? Like, what's your your specialty as a teacher? Well, currently, I teach PE. Um, I taught fourth grade. So I've been in the school for two years. I taught fourth grade last year. Um, they kind of and I coached a lot. And they're like, "Hey, do you want to like switch over?" Um, and so I told them I would if they gave me the assistant or associate athletic director title. And so now I do. I run the sports program. I run parts of the sports program and um, teach PE for grades kindergarten through sixth. How did how did you get into teaching? Was it um, like teachers you had grown up that inspired you or, or what made you want to choose it as a job? Um, kind of my, it stemmed from my mom. She was a social worker and I had a program in uh, Detroit called Youthville Detroit, which is basically like an after school center for like high school kids. Because um, back in the 90s and early 2000s, kids in Detroit didn't have a lot of things to do after school. You weren't playing a sport, you didn't have a lot to do. Um, you weren't exposed to certain things. So like they exposed the kids to like music producing, different classes, people would come teach. Um, and so... That was really cool. And I, I really like working with kids. Out of college, I didn't know what I was, I had no idea what I wanted to do my senior year. Um, so I applied for this job with this nonprofit that I didn't want to work for. And I got the job. And before I signed my contract, um, Green Hill, the school that I did my teacher fellowship at, my first year out of college, like called me and was like, hey, like we saw your resume online. Like we have an opening. We'll fly you down next week for like an interview. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah, screw this other job. Um, and so I went down there, got the offer on the spot, loved it. And then I've been teaching ever since. And what's the background these schools look for? And what was the interview process like to get the job? In college, I worked at an after-school program um, at a community called school called community school in St. Louis, where I like worked with kids ages three through six every day. Like I would skip class sometimes to go do this job because one, I wanted the money, and two, because I didn't really care about school. Like I was like, why would I go to this economics class when I know I enjoy working with students? Why would I go be in economics class? Um, and so for the interview, because it wasn't like it's, for, it's a fellowship program. Not, they're not looking for like a master teacher or anything like that. It was just like, hey, we're going to watch you interact with these kids. Like prepare a story for these kids. Like do activity with these kids. And they kind of just watch. It was kind of weird. They just like watched me hang out with the kids to make sure I wasn't like weird. <laughs> they're like, all right, you don't hit anybody. I don't like trip any of them. And you've got the job pretty much. Um, and then they asked like what I wanted to do and like why I like want to work with students and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it was very, that was a very easy process. My second job was not as easy. And this job I got, my fourth grade job was not as easy. 
then I had to do like a demo, what's called a demo lesson. So I'd like prepare like, and so I did a lesson on poetry for my fourth grade job. Like I did, a, I found like different poems online for their reading level um, and did like all these concepts. And I'm like, let's have the kids write about these concepts. And it's really awkward because you're doing a, a, le- a lesson for kids you don't know, never met, don't know if they can read, how well they can read. And then it was like five adults in the room just taking notes and not saying anything. And the kids are like awkwardly, like the kids are like really well behaved most of the time, but they're like awkward about it. They're like, because they don't know you either. So they're like, who's this adult? I don't know. Telling me stuff. I don't know. So it was, it was awkward, but I think most schools are just looking for how do you interact with students? How do you address a student that's not doing the work? How do you talk to the kids? How do you engage the kid that's not paying attention? Those kind of things. Is, is that something that came naturally to you just through like your experience in college? Or is it something like you think people just have to practice and, and pick up and get better at? Definitely a practice thing. I think I have, I just sound like braggadocious. I think I have a little bit of a natural connection with students. I think one, because I still a little bit am immature. Um, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> but also um growing up i so i have adhd so like i'm off the walls like i talk fast i think fast i react things fast and so i really connect with kids that have similar mindsets and similar like body control like if a kid can't sit still for 10 seconds i'm like i know what that's like and so my my reaction isn't to get angry or frustrated it's to go like all right what can i do to make that kid stay engaged make that kid like have fun what can i do to make all my students have fun and like keep their focus on me um, instead of being like boring and blaming it on them. Um, I, I've tried to always, and I had to learn it too. I always be like blame myself if the kids aren't paying. Now, sometimes it's the kids fault. Sometimes kids are being shits and like aren't paying attention. But I try to make sure like, what am I doing everything I can do to engage this student? Yeah, it makes sense. So what kind of freedom does the school give you in designing lesson plans and uh, getting kids engaged? Do you have to follow strict guidelines that the school gives you or can you, do you have unlimited freedom and creativity? Some schools do, our school does not. It's not, it's not strict. Um, it's like we have an outline of a curriculum to follow um, for reading, writing, and then math, math too. Um, but like how you go up, you can introduce different like supplements to it, like different ways of going about the lesson. Like they have like the book we got literally has like what you're supposed to say to the kids. And I was like, I'm going to read the concepts and like, do the rest myself. My boss was like, yeah, as long as you're like hitting these, like we don't know these points. We don't really care. Like if you read this word for word demonstration in the book or you do it yourself. I try to do it myself. I don't like reading off a page to kids because it doesn't feel natural. Like you'd be like, ask the kids this question and inflect your voice. I was like, they're going to see me reading out of a book. They're going to know I'm not like making it up. So in terms of the day-to-day, obviously you're spending most of your time in class teaching, but how much of your time are you spending uh, creating lesson plans. How much of your time are you spending grading? Uh, you know, what are the, some of the other things you have to do outside of class? So this year, nothing because I teach PE and we don't really grade anything. <laughs> like, like, like I have to write yeah. reports on kids, but like we're not. We do do like a we created like a not a, not a test, but like a fitness kind of scale thing where they do like a bunch of random exercises, and each uh, class does it twice. And the only goal was to like beat your score. So it's like, how far can you pull this mat with a weight on it in thirty seconds? What and what did like that day look like when you were teaching like a more traditional classroom um, subject? Yeah, that involved a lot more planning ahead, especially because I was like a first year in the school, so I was very nervous. Yeah. Uh, usually after school, I would stay and plan like or double check all the lessons for the next day because for the most part, like it's already in that book, so you just have to read the book and go like, all right, what am I supposed to do tomorrow? All right, do I have to, let me put all the materials out, get all the worksheets out. Um, if I'm going to use manipulatives, like. For math, I'll get those out ahead of time. I have them out in front of the room so the kids are like, no, we're using them today. Um, I would like 
make sure I knew all the homework. Like I just reminded myself what I have to do tomorrow is the end of the day stuff. Um, and then usually during the day, you don't have a lot of free time. So you have specials, but during some specials, you're meeting with your teammate, my other fourth grade teacher being like, hey, what part of math did you get to? We got past that part. We got to make sure we line it up. Um, we might have a team meeting where you have a meeting with a learning specialist, the head of lower school and your partner. And that's a 45 minute meeting. Um, if you're on the admissions team, which I was, you're, you're working with the admissions person like read over files. Um, it, it just, it, they can get blurry, a lot more blurry when you're doing fourth grade because you're with the kids a little bit longer and it's the same amount of kids. Like for me, like for PE, right? I could do a basketball lesson, but I don't see the same kids twice in a day. So I could do different basketball lessons all day. Fourth grade, you're with the same kids all day. So like, yeah, you're doing different subjects, but you're still the same kid. So it's a little more, a little different type of challenge. How do you deal with parents? Because I imagine parents have to get involved at some point uh, and you have to have probably some difficult conversations with them. MPE, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's why I switched. Um, that's the, the worst part about teaching is parents. Is that the absolute, like if the worst part is a parent is like, my kid got to be on the math test. Why didn't they get an A? They don't know A shit. Like they, they know B. They got a B. B is not bad. Like it's not. Um, and so like last year I did with parents just being like, you know, it's annoying. Especially at a, uh, a mostly white private school in Alexandria, Virginia. You're getting like the, the parents who are not used to hearing the word no ever are now emailing a teacher who's like not a really a fan of saying yes to stupid requests. Like one parent was like, can you have him call us before his math test so we can remind him to do the stuff we told him to do at home? And I was like, no, I'm not gonna have him call you. He's in fucking fourth grade. Like he doesn't need to call you for his math test. Like he's fine. He's gonna be fine. Um, PE, I've only dealt with a handful of parents. I dealt with one mom because her kid got a bad report. And she's like, Howard, what are you doing to support my kid? As like, you know, cause you wrote about his behavior, how you supporting my kid. And I was just like, these are the ways I've tried to support your kid. This is what has worked. This is what hasn't worked. Um, thank you for reaching out. And then she kind of didn't respond because she felt like she was stupid bothering me. Um, but parent, like, it's just, especially at a private school, like public school, like you can't, parents, you don't have to deal with parents as much because they're not, they don't have the access. They're not, they're not paying $30,000 a year. Like you don't feel bad. Like someone's, like these parents are paying $30,000, $35,000 a year. So when they walk into school, the administrators aren't going to be like, get out of here. They're, they're, they can be pushed over a little bit, especially if someone's donating money. And so I had definitely had parents like show up to my room at times, like unannounced. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really okay with you just showing up to my room. <laughs> like, um, when we were remote, it was funny because like parents would be like, I have a parent, a kid, I can't say his name. Like I'd be teaching him remotely out of class. And like, I would hear like his mom be like, Mr. Jackson, we have a question. I was like, what the fuck is we? Why are you here? Like, I'm teaching your kid. Like, he's going to struggle because you're doing it for him. Like, he doesn't know how to solve number seven. I was like, I wish he could fucking tell me he doesn't know how to solve number seven himself instead of having his mom. Don't you have work? Like, why are you sitting next to your kid doing his math with him? And also, like, you should get number seven. You're an adult. I, I just can't fathom, like, sitting in your child's fourth grade class, like... Not in the room, but, like, on Zoom. Like, they're like, okay. like, look at you right now. They'd be, like, to the right of you where I couldn't see them. But every once in a while, I, I see something move and I'm like, you're like, Mr. Jackson, I have a... Is that an adult? Am I... What do you... What? <laughs> What do you need? <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty tough. So do you like to develop relationships with the kids if you want to see them learn and get them engaged? You have to. I think kids, there's a TED Talk I watched, and I don't remember the name of the lady. I look it up after. Um, she says kids don't learn from people they don't like. 
Um, if your students don't feel like you care about, and I, and I, I wouldn't say like, if your kids don't feel like you care about them, they won't care what you have to say. And I think that's completely fair. If you don't, if you don't put an effort in to get to know your students and to get to know their, their care, what they like, how they learn, how they like to be talked to, how they think, or at least put that effort in, then you don't deserve their attention. Like, why would they, why, why would I give a shit about what you're saying if you don't care about what I have to say? Right. You know, even if what I'm saying is completely off the wall and wrong, it's important to give the kids that space where they feel comfortable expressing themselves um, and show that you're there for them because then when it's time to have a tough conversation, like, hey man, you've been shouting out in class all damn day today. You got to stop that. It's not coming from someone they don't, it's coming from like, all right, like Mr. Jackson told me to stop talking. I'm going to stop talking because normally he lets it slide or normally like he lets me express my thoughts and I know that he cares about me, things like that. Um, and I think that like when you when you make yourself do it, you start to enjoy. Like I enjoy learning about my kids outside of class. Uh, most some of them are boring. Most of them, <laughs> like some of them, like all right, like it's cool to hear about their life, the things they deal. Especially these kids. Like I'm going to Tanzania this summer. And I was like, what are you going to Tanzania for? Like why are your parents taking you to Tanzania? Um, it's just it's just nice to get to know them, and it makes your class easier. Like when you have to chew a kid out for misbehaving or tell a kid to correct something, it's easier if that kid already feels comfortable with you critiquing them versus like a kid you rarely talk to or really care about, that kid's going to be like awkward and like kind of shy away from you a little bit. Where do you go from here? Like, where do you want to go as a teacher or in like your education career? I want to be in uh, athletic director at like a, either a moderately sized K through eight school and then eventually um, a K through 12 high school. That's where I'm leaning right now towards my long-term goals. Um, a higher level administrator at a bigger school. Not like, I don't want to be like a giant, huge, I don't want to be in, in college. I want to always work with high school. I'll, I always want to, like, at least for the foreseeable future, I want to be in a situation where I can do the administrative side of it, running teams, things like that, and still coach and still teach. So I can't be at too big of a school where they'd be like, you can't do all three of those things. Um, versus the school now, I can do all three of those things. That's cool. And, and like, how does that compare to your traditional career path for a teacher? Like, is there a different level of progression for somebody teaching a more standard subject? Yeah, I think most people teaching that standard subject go into either, usually administration, um, if, they, if they want to. Some, people, some, teachers, some teachers want to be teachers for 30 years, 40 years, and be in that classroom. Other teachers want to be like head of lower school, head of a division, head of school, maybe even in, administ- uh, in um, admission, things like that. Um, that, I think that's, and I was leaning towards that when I was in the classroom, but then just seeing the inside of it, I was like, I don't want to do this the rest. Like, I don't want to be a part of this. Like, I want to like be able to teach always because when you're at a little school, you can't teach anything. But if you're an AD at a small school, you can't teach. Um, I want to be able to coach and I don't want to deal with parents the same way that a head of lower school does because they get so many stupid complaints. And I was like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't have the temperament at this point in my life to deal with the questions they get from parents. What's the level of education you need to become a teacher? Uh, right. Currently, like legally, it's a bachelor's uh, at most schools. Um, private schools, I think. Yeah, so I, don't, I don't know if private schools have to make it a bachelor's, but bachelor's, but mostly it's a bachelor's. Uh, and public schools, you need to be certified in most states. Um, so that's a, just going through, it's getting your degree in. My degree is not, my degree is in political science, not education. But how, if I were to work in a public school, I have to get certified in that state. Um, and if you like go to, let's say you went to like, UT, you're probably in with education UT, your certification would probably be part of your undergrad education. So you automatically be certified out of that. But if you want to move to like Michigan from Texas, you have to take a, I think you take a test if you already have it. If not, you have to take classes um, to get certified in Michigan now. Gotcha. 
And does having a master's help you at all in terms of career progression? Yes. You get paid when you get paid more in most private schools. Um, and two, if you want to be ahead of anything, you need to have your master's. You, you should. You don't need to. You need to have a, a shitload of experience and be really good at your job. And you probably still want a master's degree. Is that something you want to get back? Go back and get it. I'm working online right now online. Cool. Um, I'm just taking it slow. <laughs> I'm rushing to get through it. But uh, I also don't know, like, I think part of the master's degree thing is it's kind of it's kind of bullshit. Like, yeah, you want it, but like, most people aren't using that shit anymore. Like, you get it for, you get it for the stature. Like, you can go, all right, a school has a master's in educational leadership. It's like, all right, tell me what, like, next time they're leading a meeting, ask them what class they learned how to lead that meeting in and see what they say. Like, the most valuable thing, in my opinion, is it's experience with kids. If you, can, if you get that, that's the most valuable. Nothing's going to beat that. Nothing, no degree is going to teach you how to interact with a student in the classroom. That brings up a really interesting point. Like, there's a difference between studying to go into a profession and then like on the job training. Like what, what did it look like to learn when you got thrown into a classroom for your first job? Um, it was, so it was, it was a fellowship. So like I, first like month, I didn't do anything. Like I just kind of watched Janice teach. She would like tell me what to do. Um, as she got more comfortable with me and like, I started kind of asking for more like responsibility. She started giving me like lessons to lead and things like that. So it was more, that's why I like Green Hills program a lot. It was like, we're going to throw you in, but also we're going to, let you like ease into it. Like the, the biggest challenge for me was when she left, she went on a trip with her dad, like a month into school. And so she took off and they gave me a random sub. So I was like the lead teacher. So I had to plan everything for four days and I did not do well. I did terrible, <laughs> but and at the end of the four days, I talked to her lower school. I was like, I had a preschool. I was like, I don't think I did well. Like, I think I was terrible. She goes, it's good. Now you know what it feels like to like every teacher should know what it feels like to fail a lesson or a couple of lessons. Cause now, you know, but that feels like, because it's going to happen again. Like, I've had lessons in PE where I'm like, y'all just not, y'all not getting this shit. I think it's me. Like, because usually if it's like, if like, let's say I have 10 kids. If seven out of 10 get it, it's the three, it's usually the three kids' fault. If five, four to six out of 10 get it, I didn't explain it well, but the kids that are really bright picked up on it anyway. If like two or less get it, the two are just guessing and got it right, and I messed up the lesson. Like, it's not... It's not there because there's times I'll be like, I'll be like, raise your hand if you hear what I said. And they're like, we all got it. I was like, that's you. And there's times I'm like, you guys understand? They go, nope. I'm like, that's me. That's mine. <laughs> I got to eat that. Like, that's, I'm going to explain this whole thing again <laughs> in different terms. Um, and so just learning how to like fail is like a big important. Like, you're not going to do good at every lesson. It's not good. The kids aren't going to be stupid because you forgot that you did a math lesson wrong one day. Right. You would better again. They don't, if you don't, don't do it again, they won't learn it. But that's, that's just part of it. I feel like that's such a big lesson to learn, like in, in, um, in like hindsight, like what, what advice knowing what you do now, would you give to your, you know, first day teaching self or to somebody who just broke into the profession and started teaching? Focus on the kids. Fuck everything else. Like even like you're like, fuck your boss, like fuck the parents, fuck the emails you got to send, fuck the after school meeting, fuck how clean the classroom is. Fuck all that. Focus on the kids. Everything else will fall into place. Um, that's at the end of the day, like no parent's going to yell at you if you don't respond to their email, but their kid loves you and their kid is learning. You, that's like, you, you didn't email me back. Your kid is now can read and knows all the letters and now they can count to 10 without using their fingers. They're not going to yell at you. Like you're not. So at the end of the and if a parent sees that you really care about their individual child, the most parents are like, some parents are dickheads. So they're not going to, 
they're gonna be like, well, I don't see it. But like a parent's gonna be like, okay, this teacher really cares about my kid. They're trying their best and doing what they can and they care about, they know my child. They're not gonna bug you. They're not gonna like bother you. They might send you annoying emails, but they're not gonna like yell at you or call your boss on you. That's that's one. And two, don't be afraid to fail. I would say like, don't, even after I failed the lessons, I still was like nervous about it. Just don't, don't be afraid to fail. And then also a third piece of advice, treat teaching like you treat any other job. That's what I taught teachers. Like, for example, like when I get a new offer, I got an offer, you argue, I argued my salary. Most teachers don't do that. I was like, why would you not do that? Like, yes, this job is about the kids. At the end of the day though, like I'm replaceable with this job. So I need to, I need to make sure that I'm either one, doing things myself irreplaceable at this school and two, keep my eyes open for other opportunities that can advance my career, regardless of how I feel. Do, best, do what's best for you as a teacher and as an individual. I mean, so one question, Evan, that we ask everyone is, you know, we just did like a deep dive into teaching and, and learning more about it. And curious, like what other professions or jobs that you want to know more about or that, that you don't know much about on the surface level? Anything data. I don't know what people do. Even like people that like trade. I, I think trade stock, I think they look at the market like as they do. But like data analysts, like you look at paper. Like, I don't know what you do. I don't, it sounds, I'm not, I don't know. Evan, thanks for being our guest today on What the Fuck Do You Do, um, the podcast where we learn uh, more about people's jobs and what they actually do for a living. Uh, It was a pleasure learning more about your teaching uh, career, and, and thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for joining us on What the Fuck Do You Do with Travis Fox and Shrey Panda. If you enjoyed listening, please make sure to subscribe to us so you don't miss out on future episodes. And if you're interested in a job that you're curious about being featured on the show, check the link in the description and let us know. If you liked this episode, we hope you subscribe to us on YouTube and Spotify and share the show with your friends. We really appreciate your support.